0: Brodo, fam. Before we start, we want to thank our sponsors at FanDuel. You want to know the only thing better than winning? It's winning cold, hard cash. And the best way to play fantasy football and win is with FanDuel. From double ups to giant tournaments and private contests, there are a million ways to win every single week. And if you sign up at FanDuel.com/slash Brodo Fantasy or Click on the link on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. FanDuel will match 20% of your first deposit with your first bet up to $500. FanDuel is just handing out money for you to play with. Plus, Brodo has you covered. With optimizer lineups and weekly DFS articles on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, we'll help you come out on top. Sign up today, play some lineups, and win some cash. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host Tim Petrop with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness Michael and Jason Petrop Yes, 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 yes It is week 9, L- lucky number 9 I don't know if you guys know this but I've been obsessed with the number 9 since I'm a young kid Lucky number 9 is my football number as I wear it
1: Let's get it. Week 9. Michael, what's up? Yeah, baby. You get to watch the glorious Mike White Jets while we record today.
0: Yeah, so as you know, the way that uh, our schedules and everything fell into place, we record during the Thursday night and the Monday night game, so we do have some live reactions for you. Hopefully, that adds a little bit of uh, flavor as Mike White uh, goes uh, 3 and out. Well, a couple first downs, but he's out. Now they're punting. Um, Anyway, the game just started, and this is just starting. Um, what is the most exciting question by, I mean, you're going to know this possibly by, by the time we're done is, is Mike White the real deal or was he just a one game mirage? I think think that's, I think a lot of people are, uh, are watching this game asking that exact same question. Um, sometimes, you know, in the past people have asked, is the Broto fantasy football podcast real? Or is it just a magical mirage? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, it's real, baby. And it's made real because we have real things to give you and help you succeed. And one of those real things, the main real thing, is the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Sign up. I'm sorry. Not sign up today. What am I doing? Download it today. On the app, you get fantasy player cards, which are basically a player profile with every single stat you need. A start-sit tool with matchup ratings podcast consistency charts coaching tendencies articles waivers rankings advanced stats every single stat you need any stat that you could that you're getting at any other any other place you can get it with us plus exclusive stats like true throw value true target value true performance value uh, adjusted air yards and our newest one points over average where instead of giving you the defensive points against And how it ranks in the league when you're looking at fantasy defenses. They give you how that team performed against the average of only the players they played. So it's adjusted. It adjusts for getting rid of all that extra stuff. So it's been an absolute great tool so far since it's been created. So shout out. And it's only available on the Fantasy Football by Broto app. And that app is free. And it is free now for limited time because of the people over at patreon.com slash Fantasy. Thank you so much to our patrons. Thank you every day from the bottom of our hearts. You are the engine that keeps us running. If you would like to support the show or you would like to get all these perks that I'm about to list, an extra episode, the waiver wire episode and the Thursday night preview um, and the Monday night recap. So you get three different pieces in one episode. On top of that, you get the waivers. You get a DFS optimizer. You get bets. You which Cass is twenty-four and fourteen picking games this 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 year against the spread. Do you understand what that is? Twenty-four and fourteen? That is an incredible you'd be up a ton of money right now if you put in every single bat bet that we gave the patrons. So come join for as little as three dollars a month and you can get as much as you want back. Because we're giving you winners. We like sports, and we don't care who knows. DFF, DFS optimizers on Fanduel. It, it's, it's fantastic. So, yeah, get that. Thank you, patrons. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. All right, Michael. Week nine. How you feeling right now, man? How you? Uh, how, how's your? How's your team? How are your team's looking?
1: My teams are looking. I've won bottom of the barrel team that I shared with Jason. That Jason. Drafted while I was on a plane to Vegas, and he tried drafting a zero RB team in my honor, and it just—it's not going well. No, that's we in that league.
0: Us two are you and Jason are splitting a team, and I have a team. We're in eleventh and twelfth place, but I'm third in the league in points. And I don't know if you checked this, but you—you guys are first in points against, and I am second in points yeah, against.
1: Yeah, even the games where we do put up a decent amount of points, the other team put up, like, 200. And I hate like, those what are you gonna do? I uh, have a, I have I have weekly conversations with the commissioner, like,
0: yo, what did you do to me? Did you put voodoo <laughs> on me? Like, what's up? <laughs>
1: but, yeah, that's really my only bad league, actually. Everywhere else, I'm either, like, I'm cruising in our home league right now, 6-2 and two in first place. Um, another league that we're all a part of I'm in first place. The leagues that I'm not in the top three, I'm in fourth or fifth. That's really that one zero and eight team is really the only team that I'm not still in the running for. That's what
0: I I've noticed that like so I'm managing
1: like for real managing eleven teams this year, and I I think it's too many. Yeah, similar for me about that much. It's it's a little tough. My Scott Fish team is um five and three trying to pull it out while I wait for CMC to return. He was my number one overall pick, but I'm still scratching together wins. I have a very solid team outside of CMC. Michael Carter. Let's go, Michael Carter. <laughs> he took over this, as CMC's role last week. So, we'll see how that goes the rest of the season.
0: Uh, yeah, my Scott Fishbowl team is the my same. My Draft
1: or Giants team is absolutely dominating. They, you play every opponent each week, so it's based on, like, score. It's kind of like best ball, but with record. I'm, like, 70 and 11 or some shit. Like, I'm... I'm basically the top scorer every single week besides, or I'm like top three in the other weeks that I wasn't the top scorer. So that's been nice. Uh,
0: Michael, thank you.
1: When I asked you that question, I didn't expect you to go
0: into that much detail. I'm not going to lie, but you know I like to hear that you're winning. Nobody asks me about my teams anymore. (laughs) No, as they say, no one cares about your fantasy team. Um, Hmm. But we care about your fantasy team. And let's start because Michael had some hot takes on Twitter, so I know we're going to get hot right off the bat. The Patriots at the Panthers is the first— (laughs) Hot Hot <laughs> it's the first game we're talking about. Um, look, you got to be worried about the Pats game a little bit, uh, the Pats run game a little bit in this one. This will be a test to see if Harris is that every week RB1 play that he's looked like the past three weeks. Um, this is a very good Carolina defense. And, Michael, you, you highlighted this, so I'm going to let you talk about uh, how do you feel about Najee
1: Harris this week?
0: One of the one Damien really, Harris. Uh, Harris, uh, yeah, yeah, excuse me. Off to a hot start.
1: One of the only Patriots that you can really trust. Also, we didn't say this. Um Jason's not on the podcast today. We we failed to point that out yet. Word,
0: word, Jason's not on. <laughs> so it'll
1: just be me and Tim and for this first episode, the second episode, we will have Santiago Casanova joining us, the other Broto yes. member.
0: It, Broto International.
1: That's right. Um, yeah, but the Carolina Panthers, man, they are the worst team you could possibly get right now for opposing running backs. Besides that Zeke and Pollard game where they played well against Carolina, they've been shut down against opposing running backs. 32nd in points over average, minus 29.8% compared to the average for the running backs that they've played against. They've given up 15.2 PPR fantasy points to running backs per game this season. And now we got Damian Harris, who... Everyone loves the touchdown-dependent backs who are playing well until they don't score a touchdown, right? At some point, the wheels are going to fall off. He's not going to go 16 games scoring a touchdown. He scored a touchdown in four straight games, which is why he's been so successful these last four weeks. He's not, that's not going to happen every week, and this is a perfect get-right game for Damian Harris, as in get-right, as in back to being not very useful. I could 1,000% <laughs> see a 17-carry 54 yard line, with maybe one catch for two yards or zero catches because he's not really involved in the passing game. Brandon Bolden catches passes. Ramondre Stevenson, if who knows if he's going to be active, but he was catching passes when he was active in the past. Damien Harris is a touchdown dependent running back against a team that is the most difficult matchup for opposing running backs. So I'm like he's number 12 running back overall in consensus rankings right now on Fantasy Pros. That is 1,000 percent recency bias because he's found the end zone in four straight games. Five touchdowns over that span—it's silly.
0: It's tough because you know the Patriots—they do—they control the pace of the game. So if the Patriots control the pace of the game, Harris could have a good game. Uh, but again, d- lower your expectations for Damian Harris. Um, another guy you might have to lower your expectations for, and this is a really good matchup on on paper because the Panthers—and this is a really good example of points above average. I mean points over average, excuse me. The Panthers are middle of the pack in points allowed to the tight end. But the tight ends they faced, they're the fourth best matchup for tight end. The only problem is Hunter Henry, who looked like he was taking over control of that backfield, him and Jonu Smith have be, have started sharing the backfield and sharing the targets again. Why are you saying backfield? I'm say yeah, sorry. The the field. I don't know why I'm saying backfield. Who who knows? Um I'm it's 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 I'm a I'm a new dad, man. My brain is all scrambled. Um, last week, uh, Jonah Smith got two targets. Hunter Henry got three targets. The week before that, Jonah Smith got five targets to Henry's four targets. And then the week before that, they split two and two. And the snap percentages have been all over the place. So Hunter Henry, who looked like he was really taking control of that tight end battle, I don't know if he has control of that anymore. And what should be a good tight end matchup, all of a sudden gets a little lackluster to me. Yeah,
1: and it's upsetting, too, because last week was a revenge game narrative, too, for Hunter Henry against the Chargers and a tremendous matchup, and he just caught one ball for 33 yards, and that was it on three targets. He's becoming less trustworthy with Johnny Smith playing more, like you said, and getting more targets, which is frustrating. And this is not a heavy pass offense team. Like This is not a team that you target for fantasy football reasons, period. So the fact that Hunter Henry he had he had a nice little stretch there, but the fact that he had that bad game last week, um, he's still been decent and like besides finding the end zone these last three weeks though, he has five total receptions, which typically isn't going to cut it. No five receptions over three weeks, so he becomes a uh, a probably still a low end tight end one, high end tight end two because of the landscape. The tight end landscape is like worse than ever this year. Last week we had Jeff Swaim as a tight end one, like. Last week was absurd. The way the tight ends ended up finishing. If you if you listen to us in the off season, by the way, we have we have podcasts
0: throughout the year in the off season too. One of our lessons that we took, well, one of my lessons I took away from last season was it's never tight end. It's never the year of the tight end. Yeah. It's never the year of the tight end. Ever.
1: Yeah. It's disgusting out there. Disgusting on these streets.
0: Um, speaking of never ever, I have no interest in starting any of these uh, Patriots wide receivers.
1: Yeah, Aguilar went 3-for-60 last week. It's basically like his ceiling at this point. Kendrick Bourne finally had a, a down game. My man, Kendrick Bourne, only went 4-for-38 and lost a fumble, which only got him 3.8 half PPR fantasy points. So his first game um, outside. His first game under 10 fantasy points in PPR leagues since week 2, actually. Excuse me, since week 5. Um, the second time since week 2. But still, I don't want to trust him here against the Carolina Panthers, who is a, a good... Um, good defense, 26th uh, in points over average against wide receivers. You're not going to trust Mac Jones. It's really Damian Harris and Hunter Henry have been the only options that you could trust in this offense, and this is not really tremendous matchups for those guys either. Let's go over to the other side,
0: unless there's someone you want to talk about on this team. Nope. You're not starting Mac Jones. PJ Walker might start a quarterback. Sam Darnold still dealing with the shoulder. That he, it's
1: looking like it's going to be P.J. Walker at this point.
0: He's the one taking the snaps at practice right now. I mean, Darnold has been playing bad enough to get benched, but I think there's an injury thing. Um, the the fantasy footballer said this today, and I just have to repeat it because it's it's a crazy stat. Sam Darnold is the only person in the league to be to be below average on all levels of the field, um, yeah, including behind the line of scrimmage. Color me not shocked, Tim. Yeah. Uh he's been he's been <laughs> bad. But with that being said, PJ Walker against the Patriots, you have to imagine that Bill Belichick is going to key in on the running game for the the Panthers. I think it's an off week. I think it's a dud kind of week for Chuba Hubbard.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, Christian McCaffrey returned to practice. There's like a slight chance he returns. Like the Yahoo projections for some reason have McCaffrey as the projected running back, and
0: they've been do- they do that every week. Saquon's been yeah. the projected running back until Wednesday for the last three
1: weeks, too. and Chuba Hubbard has been decent while Christian McCaffrey has been out. But that's about the that's about the just that's where it ends. Like decent is where it ends for Chuba Hubbard. He had that one game against Philly where he ran for over a hundred yards. Otherwise, I mean, he hasn't topped thirteen point six half PPR fantasy points in his entire time as a starting running back outside of that Philly game, which has been a tremendous matchup this year. Philly has not been good against the run. Now they get New England, who's actually ninth in points over average, so not a terrible matchup, but 18th overall in fantasy points allowed. And it's just the New England Patriots. Like, you can never really bet against them. Last week I thought the Chargers were going to have a good offensive game against them through the air, and that didn't really happen. Keenan Allen was okay. Mike Williams was a complete dud. Justin Herbert had another down game. I wouldn't want to really trust Carolina Panthers, especially with PJ Walker. Like I think Chuba Hubbard, just from a volume perspective, he still gets a ton of work. I mean, he had twenty-four rush attempts against Atlanta Oof. last week, which is absurd. Yeah, he's a low-end RB two, so he's gonna stay in that conversation. But he just he has not been really making the most of his opportunities.
0: Bye weeks this week are the Lions, Seahawks,
1: Bucks in Washington.
0: <clears throat> so there are some wide receivers there that are on, starting on every team. So someone might have to get desperate. DJ Moore, you're starting. Obviously, you're not happy that about what's going on with DJ Moore.
1: Yeah, he's more but of a, definitely more of a wide receiver two than he is a wide receiver one these days.
0: And Robbie Anderson, you can't start.
1: Yeah, it would be really nice to get a bounce back performance from DJ Moore. The Patriots are actually sixth in points over average um, against opposing wide receivers, so a better matchup than people think. And DJ Moore certainly fits the Keenan Allen mold more than he does the Mike Al the Mike Williams mold. And Keenan Allen was the one who found success last week. And Robbie Anderson is just a a complete afterthought at this point. There's zero reason why you should be starting um, starting him. So, yeah, I was gonna
0: say if you if you if you are starting Robbie Anderson, you're in a terrible and that's about spot. it
1: for Carolina too. Like yeah, Chuba it. Hubbard, and this is not projecting to be a very high scoring affair. This could be a a good a good day to use these two defenses actually.
0: I'm not sure of the exact over under, but I know it's a low under under. I think it's 45. Um, let's go to the next game: Bills at the Jaguars. So far, the Bills have walloped the teams they're supposed to wallop. Wallop. Like they if they've had team games where you're like, oh man, Josh Allen might not do good because they're gonna get up early and then they're gonna hand the ball to to Zach Moss. Yeah, yeah and that happens, and also everyone goes off too. <laughs> So this is another game where they have the ability to do that. I'm confidently playing everyone. I feel much better. Well, now first of all, Cole Beasley missed practice for two games. Now, this wouldn't not be the first time that Cole be- Beasley missed practice on a on a Wednesday and a Thursday and then played in the game. Um but with that being said, uh Cole Beasley, you
1: if he's playing man.
0: Dawson Knox might play.
1: No, nah, he's not. He's not really at this point expected to play. I don't think. If Dawson Knox
0: doesn't play and Cole Beasley plays, yeah, he's like one of my favorite. He's one of my favorite starts this week for sure.
1: Yeah. Without Dawson Knox, Cole Beasley has returned into locked and loaded PPR wide receiver <laughs> two status. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, seven for eighty-eight and a touchdown the first game without Knox. Ten for one ten the second game without Knox. Those were against the two easiest matchups he could have possibly had actually. Elijah Moore Let's touchdown Elijah baby! Oh, Elijah Moore
0: wide open in the end zone. Mike
1: White to Elijah Moore. Been hearing that a lot. Elijah Moore is like fifty yards on touchdown already. I just picked him oh, up. Coming and out and party. I think I'm starting him. Coming right. out party, party, party. Um, and now he gets the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is Cole Beasley. It's another top ten matchup. I mean, sign me up for some Cole Beasley. Stephon Diggs, man. Stephon Diggs has yet to have that big outbreak game, man. It's a little frustrating um because you drafted him in the first round likely or early second round against Tennessee I guess you could say he did 9 for 89 in a touchdown but he hasn't had that 100 yard yeah performance like consistently he only has one game over 100 yards he hasn't been scoring touchdowns consistently he I blame I blame, Manny, touchdowns. I blame like,
0: Manny Sanders
1: he's been very good but you want that explosion type game and Jacksonville's a good spot for that I mean there's no reason not to start Diggs happily
0: Yo, Mike White got swag, man. <laughs> Mike White got swag. Um, Yeah, I mean, you're starting all the guys. Like, I even think Zach Moss is a, a really, really good start in this game. I think he might find the end zone once or twice. Come on, Michael, just say it. He's a good start, man.
1: I mean, I don't really like Zach Moss, though, man, because he, he's splitting work with Devin Singletary. It's right back to what we were seeing last year in the Buffalo backfield. Like, what's he going to get you? He's going to get you 10 to 12 points, maybe, like if he finds the end zone. He's splitting pass-catching work with Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary's mixing in on the ground, too. I mean, last week, Devin Singletary had seven rushes. It's not like Zach Moss has completely taken over that backfield like people thought he was going to earlier in the year. He had Zach Moss had eight rushes, but he just happened to get all the targets. He had six receptions last week, which is nice. So I do think Zach Moss has low-end RB2 flex appeal. But as long as Devin Singletary's stealing all the snaps, you're not really going to be able to trust this guy's anything more than that.
0: No, oh, I like I like me some Zach Moss this week.
1: Um, who I don't
0: like this week is the entire Jaguars team. No, thank you. Really, I mean even even James Robinson is hobbled. You got to start James Robinson if he if he's playing, but he's hobbled, and he's playing against literally the best defense.
1: He also didn't practice on Thursday in the
0: league. So you're not, not starting Carlos so Hyde don't. either, because people are gonna want st- to pick up and start Carlos Hyde off the bench.
1: Carlos Hyde would be a a plug-and-play flex play yeah. is, like, a but more desperation, man, because, I mean, he's going to get 15-plus touches more than likely, but the Buffalo Bills defense has been absolutely elite this season. Like, absolutely elite. 31st in points over average against QBs, 30th against running backs, 29th against tight ends, 30th against water season. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, they don't have a weak spot. It's It's been glorious for that defense, so I'm with you. Trevor Lawrence is... Looking like a rookie. If James Robinson's out, you don't want to trust Hyde. Marvin Jones, maybe, but Marvin Jones has been inconsistent. Now he's going to get the um, Tre'Davious White and company in that secondary as well. Very tough spot for to trust anyone on Jacksonville this this week. Uh, next game. Yeah, let's go to the Falcons at the Saints.
0: Oh, come on, Taysom Hill practice it full today. I am. Oh, getting let me say one so more excited. thing though.
1: Your favorite guy, Dan Arnold. <sighs> He's getting a lot of targets. The tight end landscape is so damn atrocious. Maybe take a shot on him if you need to. He just went 8 for 68 against Seattle on 10 targets. Hard to find 10 targets for a tight end these days. In a game script, that's likely going to lead to a whole lot of passes for Trevor Lawrence.
0: All right, I'm getting back to my my love profession that was rudely interrupted to for Dan Arnold. Yeah, Come dude. on, Taysom Hill. I'm gonna make this no uncertain terms. Taysom Hill is my quarterback eight this week.
1: Hey oh, he's gonna I think I ranked him as like a QB six, assuming he starts. Six? I thought
0: I was high. <laughs> um Taysom Hill against the Atlanta Falcons. I want all of that. He hasn't been obviously he hasn't been practicing. He's been injured. He hasn't been playing with the first team. He's been injured. He's not the quarterback. He was playing other positions. He's gonna run like crazy against the Atlanta Falcons. Last time he played the Atlanta Falcons last year, he finished as tight end one uh, and uh, top six QB twice against the Atlanta Falcons last year. He destroyed them. I expect him to destroy them again. I think Taysom Hill is an absolute game changer. I really do. I think that you have on your hands someone who's very dynamic and who's going to run. It's like Jalen, Jalen Hurts, but with a better coach and a better offensive system. And a better player, from what we've seen.
1: I mean, let's chill out. Taysom Hill has, like, a few starts under his belt. Four. Yeah, let's relax. Why? Like, crowning him. I'm crowning it right now. I'm I'm <laughs> crowning it because I know I his, do think as long as he's starting, he's a top-10 quarterback option. Like you said, it's similar— Then to, what are you telling me to relax for? You you agree? Because you're saying, oh, he's already better. Like, he's definitely better than Jalen Hurts. I didn't say that. Right.
0: I, said, I said he's shown that he could be more talented than Jalen Hurts.
1: Either way, you've seen from Jalen Hurts, who just this past week was the first time he wasn't a QB1, and it's because the Eagles ran for four touchdowns in their backfield. He's a QB1 almost every single week. A lot of it has to do with his legs. Uh, Taysom Hill is that same type of talent. Um, so I do think Taysom Hill is someone you uh, you would definitely want to add and start. We spoke about him a lot on the Patron pod, the waiver pod, and it's a it's a real welcome back to the league as a starting quarterback game here against Atlanta Falcons because you, it's not many defenses you'd rather come back to.
0: Right. I think that's another thing that plays such a role in, in my love of him this week is his matchup is, is incredible. Look, Sean Payton is the truth. And one thing he did last year, it took a little while for Alvin Kamara to get involved with Taysom Hill. Um, he did eventually – but Camara has seen an uptick in the passing work in the last two games. It's been good for Camara managers to see. But is all that for not now? Like, this is a really interesting situation, not only in this game, but in general, because now you know you don't have Mike Thomas. So it's going to be Deontay Harris. It's going to be Marquez Calloway. Hot take, it could be OBJ if he gets released by the Browns. Ew. Right? Because I, I don't know if you know this, but you can't, do this to a player like what the Browns are doing for an extended period of time. Very odd situation. Yeah, I mean I mean look, he had his his dad was is distracting the team with videos and he's got he got LeBron James tweeting about it. Like he's and he's not producing on the field.
1: So if I'm the yeah, Browns I'm like it's been like five years. Get over it guys. Like OBJ is not a star anymore. Like I know hey, he was look, at one time an absolute monster but you don't not play well for four straight years by accident let's be real not all of it is Baker Mayfield's fault
0: no it's definitely it's definitely not but it's obvious that those two don't link together
1: although Baker mayfield is also pretty trash
0: <laughs> I actually love Baker mayfield' t- this week we'll, we'll talk about that in just a second but anyway the what what the reason why I'm saying that is because this Saints team is going be is gonna be a different team. With Taysom Hill at the helm, Deontay Harris is going to be the deep threat probably. Marcus Callaway has been decent. He's on and off
1: like a a wide a touchdown dependent wide receiver three. Look, Jameis Winston was top ten in true throw value this year because he's been very efficient. Even if he has been putting up a lot of points, but still couldn't really produce consistent wide receiver help. Um, and now Taysom Hill, who's certain to have a lower true throw value. That's not good for the receivers or the tight ends. Like you already weren't starting any receivers or tight ends like willingly. <laughs> so I'm not interested in those guys this week either. This is the same thing. Taysom Hill and uh, Alvin Kamara type game. Um.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right. Let's go over to the Falcon side then. Uh, the Saints have been <clears throat> absolutely incredible. Uh, they've only allowed 15.2 points to quarterbacks this year. And... You might say, oh, they played sucky quarterbacks. No, because that's 20% below the average of the quarterbacks they've actually played. That is the second worst matchup for quarterbacks. Matt Ryan already sucks and is throwing to Tajay Sharp um, and Russell Gage and Omar Zacchaeus uh, Is that Omar? Olomide. Zakius Zaccheaus. Whatever. I don't want to even say his name. There's no point. Um, so the real question is Kyle Pitts. I think this will be a a test. The test is going to be, is Kyle Pitts actually a secret undercover wide receiver or is he a tight end? Because the Saints excel against the tight end. They're giving up only 6.2 points a game to the tight end this year. That And again, that is not just because they're playing sucky tight ends. They're giving up 30% less points on average to the players that they've played. That's 28th in the league, so the fifth worst matchup. On the other side, wide receivers are kind of having uh, their way with the Saints seventh best matchup eleven uh, percent over average so the question is here the last week they put Stefan Gilmore on Kyle Pitts and they shut him down if they put mark if they put Lattimore on Kyle Pitts this week, does that shut him down or does that actually play to his advantage
1: yeah I mean I don't know I guess time will tell it was very interesting to see Kyle Pitts as a rookie tight end get a whole lot of attention um as Naheem Hines continues to have a very nice first quarter for the Colts. Yeah. Of course, when Naheem Hines hasn't been playing at all, he's uh, he's going to go in this week. Shout out to the Jets who cannot stop the run for their lives or running backs in general. But yeah, when it comes to uh <clears throat> when it comes to Kyle Pitts, you have to start him obviously because that's he's Kyle Pitts. He's a top 5 tight end at this point, especially over the last couple of weeks. Um, the issue is Calvin Ridley is out, um, for the foreseeable future. Um, I hope he gets right, but that does not help Kyle Pitts because Stefan Gilmore had to transfer over to Kyle Pitts and not Calvin Ridley, who he most certainly would have been on for, I assume at least half the snaps, if not more, I assume more. So we'll see how this goes against New Orleans. Um, you have to start Kyle Pitts, but... This is one of those situations where I don't think Calvin Ridley being there helps.
0: I I wrote, I wrote I mean
1: where I do think if Calvin Ridley was there it would help. Yeah. Um and you can't start any of the receivers. You can't trust Gage, you can't trust Zacchaeus No. You start Sharp. at this point, you start Cordell Patterson, you start Kyle Pitts and that's it.
0: I was going to say the winner here is really Cordell Patterson. I think that you know, he's he moves around the formation, he's hard to stop. Matt Ryan loves throwing to guys like him. The Yak guys, Matt Ryan's been making a career off Yak for years now, so I think that he continues to excel. I think Calvin Ridley being out, fantasy wise, it's it's Cordell Patterson. And by the way, Cordell Patterson is my new favorite guy because today he he had a quote that said, "If my mother can work three jobs, I can play three positions." Yeah, <laughs> I wanna great. I wanna hug him, like he'll, he come here, That's what it's about. What's his third position though? Kick returner,
1: returner, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah I guess so. Yeah, well, he's going he's like a Hall of Fame returner, so he probably considers returner a position. Yeah. Um
1: with that being said, definitely start with Ol' Patterson. At this point, he's a he's a every week top 15 running back and like top 20 wide receiver.
0: <laughs> Let's go on to our next game. It is the Raiders at the Giants. Unfortunately, the last time we spoke about the Raiders, uh it's a lot different than the last time. The Raiders can't get away from this shit this year. It's just Bro, been, it's a shit been
1: a shitstorm. Uh, really big. At system. least the the fans have had something to cheer for on the field since they've been a successful team overall. As Jonathan Taylor walks his way into the end zone, the Jets run defense horrible. is so fucking atrocious. Really bad. Holy moly. Yeah. Like at least the Las Vegas Raiders fans, like yo, this is what their second or third year in Las Vegas, the first year in that stadium. I kind of feel for the fans a little bit too to have to deal with this shit because it's fucked up. Like first John Gruden being a, a bad human. Now, Henry Ruggs being arguably an even worse human than uh, John Gruden. Like, I don't want to get political or anything, but, like, super fucked up what Henry Ruggs did. Like, there's no excuse for that, especially if you're an NFL player. Like, they, they were reporting, that like, NFL players, they, like, have ride shares just for NFL players, like, from the team and shit. Where it's, like, super easy to get a car and to just be, like, going 150 miles per hour two times over the legal alcohol limit is not cool. And...
0: Yeah, two times over the illegal alcohol limit, like, you are in a different state of mind. Yeah, man, the shit is, the shit is not okay. Uh, well, he's going to pay the price for it. Um, RIP to the person who died from that accident. Um, and we're going to talk about fantasy because, you know, we're not talking about the guy. We're talking about your shares of his likeness. Let's put it that way. And his sh- the shares of his likeness went from looking like they were on the top to whoosh, plummet, goodbye, uh, goodbye. Gu- Over. Gone. So you leave a big hole in this offense. Zay Jones is kind of the same mold as Henry Ruggs. Not as good as Henry Ruggs, obviously. Do they plug him in there and just kind of run the same offense? Does Brian Edwards take a step up? Is it actually Hunter Renfro that benefits? Does Darren Waller become the guy that he was last year? There's a lot of questions that need to be answered. I think last time the Raiders faced something heavy, they responded very well. And Derek Carr is a great leader. Um, even if he's not the greatest quarterback, like he's a good quarterback, but he's not the greatest quarterback. He is the greatest leader, and so I I do trust him. But at the same time, you know this Giants defense is nothing special, but it's not. It's also not a pushover. This one's more sad. This one's like, hey, our friend is is in trouble, and big trouble, and everything is different now. Yeah, um, he's not on the team. He's probably gonna go to jail probably I mean it's it's guaranteed at this point. Yeah. So like so the question is how do they move on from that? And I think that leaves a big gaping question mark in this game that I'm not sure I have the facilities to answer by looking at past stats.
1: Yeah, um with that being said, I I I think they come out and and ball out this week just like wow. they did after the uh, the John Gruden news. Interesting, um, interesting. in the face of adversity ball out especially coming off a bye as well um and I think this like I think Hunter Renfro I get to call him the locked and loaded PPR wide receiver three you know I love it um when it comes to Hunter Renfro and even in half PPR leagues the guy has been a very solid flex play slash wide receiver three play more so in PPR leagues the wide receiver three but he hasn't been a he hasn't been a nobody um Darren Waller is yet to have one of those like big games outside of week one He's kind of fallen off a bit. I think after this bye week, um, he has a little bit. And now he's recovering from an injury as well. I think he has a nice game against the Giants. And Brian Edwards has back-to-back uh, top 48 half PPR wide receiver finishes since John Gruden left, um, which they're not on a lot of receptions. They're on deep passes, but maybe he gets more deep opportunities now. And the Giants are not uh, a team that you're feared when you're when you're trying to go deep. So I think Brian Edwards, like, I, th- I have Brian Edwards in my top 48 as Mike White is out with the wrist injury. Oh, my
0: God, man. This We can't have nice fucking And Josh things.
1: Johnson takes over. We can't have nice things, bro. No. I Actually, I, I like Brian Edwards as a flex. I like Hunter Renfro as a wide receiver, three flex. I like Darren Waller as a high end tight end one. I think Derek Carr is a strong streaming option. I like this, uh, this passing attack. And then the running backs as well, Josh Jacobs. I think you should rank and play Josh Jacobs expecting a RB 15 to 18 about finish because that is who he has been this season. 16 and a half points, eight and a half points, 14 and a half, 14 and a half, 14 and a half. He has just been super consistently solid at that RB2 level. I think that's what you're going to get from Josh Jacobs against the Giants. The Giants have a uh, or 10th in points over average against opposing running backs. So it's a pretty solid matchup here for Josh Jacobs. And he's just going to continue to get a whole load of work. So, sign me up for Josh Jacobs in RB2 as well. And I think Kenyon Drake, more of a flex, desperation flex type play. I'm not chasing it. But he did have, after the Denver game where he put up 20 and a half EPR fantasy points, scoring two touchdowns, unlimited touches, only six touches. He had six touches in the first half against Philly. And then, um, and then Josh Jacobs went down and... And Kenyon and Drake took over that backfield completely. Like, if Josh Jacobs goes down, it looks like it's Kenyon Drake's backfield and he's going to be a very strong play. Like, he's a very strong handcuff right now. He's not someone that should be on waiver wires. Otherwise, I'm very interested to see if Kenyon Drake gets three to five touches or seven to ten touches because seven to ten touches would give him some flex appeal weekly in the right matchups. Uh, Giants
0: are giving up almost 13% more points than the average to the running backs that they have faced. That is the 10th best matchup in the league. You know that I've had my my quarrels with, uh, Mr. Josh Jacobs, but I am absolutely in love with Josh Jacobs this week. I think that he has. I think he's better than RB two in this game. I think that he's
1: he's he's an RB one possibly. Guys, the Jets just ran an absolutely awesome play. Yeah, trick play, twenty on like third and they twenty. They threw a screen forward to Jamison Crowder, and then Jamison Crowder threw across the field backwards to Michael Carter, and successfully got a third and 15 first down very oh, cool
0: that is uh that's a good, that's a good play call right there uh maybe uh, that should be the new play by i'm guy. really distraught by mike white um, i'm really distraught yeah this is very upsetting uh, let's go over to the giant side uh see for me I, I don't know if i think the raiders are gonna respond the way that you think the raiders are gonna respond either way the raiders are a fantastic uh a f- fantastic matchup for running backs and Devontae booker has been very good um <laughs> They're allowing 23.3 points to the running back. That's t- 22.4% points over average uh, to the running backs that they face. That's the sixth best matchup in the league. Uh, Devontae Booker has been very good. He's been involved in the pass game. He's been involved in the run game. Um, and he's 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 a good player. Uh, and there is a little narrative here. Devontae Booker was on the Raiders for a couple of years. Hey, okay. um, so I think Devontae Booker is a really good play.
1: Yeah, I mean, as long as Saquon Barkley is out again, obviously Devontae Booker becomes useless. If so, but he is a uh, he's the guy, Devontae Booker. When Saquon Barkley is out, um, there's no question about that. He gets a boatload of touches, even in a uh, more difficult matchup last week against um, <clears throat> against KC, slightly more difficult. He had 20 touches, including five receptions. So that's his backfield if Barkley is out, and a very solid RB two in that case as well. Daniel Jones is also an interesting streaming option because Las Vegas Raiders, like you said, they're not a difficult matchup. They allowed Jalen Hurts to throw for over 230 yards against them. Jalen Hurts hasn't really been a very high-volume-type passer in a couple touchdowns. Teddy Bridgewater threw for over 300 yards in three touchdowns. Justin Herbert threw for three touchdowns. They're top 10 in most rushing yards allowed to the quarterback position. Mm. It's all very nice for Daniel Jones here. Um, the only issue with Daniel Jones is when he's not playing with his full plethora of weapons— he has not been the same guy. Which and is never. Rightfully so, but seems like Sterling Shepard's going to be out. Uh, seems like Kenny Galladay's going to be out again. Kad- Kadarius Toney's getting in limited practices, so I do think Kadarius Toney's going to play and Darius Slayton, but still, no Sterling Shepard, no Kenny Galladay. It's tougher, which makes Daniel Jones a less appealing streaming option, but I I think he's going to be like a... Like, I have him in my top 15 quarterbacks this week. Kadarius Tony's a great play. I like Kadarius Tony. People like, I saw... Like, yo, we, like, NBC Sports Edge, formerly Roto World, they're good with the news, like, that news feed that they have, but they also just do some, like, bullshit blurbs sometimes that really piss me off. Like, one, they be, they're, be they like, super douchebags, and it's like, why do you have to be this Some writers, douchebag? they have
0: different writers that do that. Some and, writers are better and than And then
1: others that just, like, you could tell they're not really entirely sure what they're saying, and they should be, like, smarter about it. Because he said, he, whoever did the Kadarius Tony write-up said... Over his last two games, he only has um, no, cause the Rams game, he only he had three receptions, right? Because he got um, hurt, hurt. He had three receptions on the first drive, and he wrote over the last two games, Kadarius Tony only has seven receptions. Like bro, yeah, that's just that's fake news, disingenuous. Yeah, like yeah, he didn't have a great game against KC. But well, he was hardly involved in the first half. It was a little weird. He was on the field. And then the second half he had four receptions, twenty six yards. Nothing crazy, but I do like Kadarius Toney um this week against Las Vegas. If everyone else is out, Kadarius Tony's gonna have to step up. And like we've seen him go off already this year, one one time. Um so I, I think he's a he's a wide receiver three play in PPR leagues, a little less so in half PPR and, and standard leagues because he uh he gets. He's likely to get a lot of receptions, and he gets involved near the line of scrimmage because he um, is so dynamic after the catch. But, yeah, I'm definitely starting him um, as a wide receiver three this week, and I think there's some legitimate, up, legitimate upside there. Vikings
0: at the Ravens is
1: the next game. Uh, unless you want to talk about Evan Ingram.
0: <laughs> uh, Vikings no, at the Ravens is the next game. The Vikings' defense has been pretty good. Um, they've been above average. Uh, against every position but you know they haven't faced an offense like the Ravens necessarily you can't really you can't really judge like how many points they give up to quarterbacks when you have Lamar Jackson it's a completely different thing so how do you how do you like this Ravens offense against
1: the Vikings this is a game I want a lot of mm. a big part of this game um Give me some Lamar Jackson. He's a star, period. He's every-week must-play starter. And he just put up 23 uh, fantasy points with, with the whole shebang. Hollywood Brown, um, Rashad Bateman and company, Mark Andrews. And I know it's not a good matchup on paper for opposing quarterbacks against the Minnesota Vikings. They've actually um, have not been as good a matchup as you expect, 26 in points over average, but I don't care. <laughs> like, I'm starting Lamar Jackson happily. I'm starting Hollywood Brown who has been a wide receiver one this season and is just constantly acts people just constantly act like he hasn't been.
0: I think that if he would have not dropped three touchdowns, we'd be having a different conversation about Hollywood Brown.
1: Yeah. But like I legitimately have Hollywood Brown ranked as a wide receiver one this week. Like Minnesota is 16th in points over average against wide receivers Their defense. Like I said, has been better this year and better than expected, but that has been their most exploitable part of that team. And like, 16.5 16.5 for Hollywood Brown against Cincy. He had that down game against the Chargers, but he, um, there was a touchdown just out of reach there. If he scored a touchdown, people wouldn't be worried about it. The 30-point game against Indy, 17 against Denver, that Detroit game where he could have had three touchdowns. The guy's been an absolute monster this entire season, and people just don't want it to be a fact. The, the Jets and Colts just cannot hold on to the ball this They're game. Just fumbling. Ty the place. Johnson lost the fumble, and Jonathan Taylor fumbled and picked it up, and now Michael Pittman fumbled, but Jack Doyle picked it up. Aye, 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 It's not even raining or anything. Yeah, so I'm starting Just Hollywood don't. Brown. I'm starting Hollywood Brown happily, man. And Rashad Bateman as well. Slots right into wide receiver three. Flex Torrey Torrey in my opinion as well because. Torrey Torrey. Yeah, Torrey Torrey. Three for 80 <laughs> um, against Cincinnati on six targets. Six targets each of his first two games coming back off injured reserve. Now he gets a bye week to get acclimated as well. I'm all aboard the, uh, the Ravens offense this week. And obviously a passing offense. Fuck those running backs you never know who's going to get what. Like, if you have to start one, it's Latavius Murray. Yeah. But they're all 1,000% completely touchdown dependent. Like, Le'Veon Bell had more touches than Devontae Freeman last time they played before the bye when Latavius Murray was out. But And obviously, you're starting Mark Andrews. That's no question. He's been uh, an elite option over these past few weeks after a down start to the season. The 10-1. Uh, let's
0: go over to the Viking side. It's been a rough go for Justin Jefferson. Does he bounce back in this one?
1: Yeah, Justin Jefferson, it's like, I feel like he just keeps having those games where you expect him to, like, uh, go off. And then he just, he's on the precipice of it and just, like, not happening. Um, Like, just this past week, Kirk Cousins missed him on a play that really should have easily been, like, a 50-plus yard touchdown. And Kirk Cousins just missed him. Or maybe Justin Jefferson could have reached a little farther for it. But either way, it was an incomplete pass slightly hurt himself later but quickly returned to the game. Um Justin Jefferson is someone that I start every single week without a second thought and he's basically matchup proof as well at this point. Um I'm not I'm not worried about it coming off his one of his career worst games against Dallas. Um I'm all in on Justin Jefferson this week as well.
0: How about Adam Thielen who you know he's been good. Um but he does man I just can't Th- keep think keep thinking that it's like Adam Thielen is gonna keep out producing Justin Jefferson like I just I just don't comprehend that. <clears throat> um, how do you feel about him this week?
1: Yeah, I hear you. Um, but it's now back to back games of being very good after sucking for two games and then the three games before that he was good. Like Adam Thielen is very up and down. He is a bit touchdown dependent, as we all know. Um, but I mean, besides the touchdowns, he's been better too like he has been super touchdown dependent and otherwise been bad but over these past two weeks he went 11 for 126 against Carolina and then 6 for 78 against Dallas so even if he didn't score touchdowns those would have been solid games these both of these guys are high in true target value cuz Kirk Cousins is always high in true target value so I'm I'm not like when it comes to the matchup here I'm just starting these guys because in my opinion their every week starts one regardless of the matchup
0: irregardless i like it uh one guy that's uh definitely a start here i think is tyler conklin uh, the ravens have been horrible Conk. against the tight end uh they're giving up 16.2 points a game which is obviously obviously ridiculous but they're also giving 50 percent more points to the tight ends they've played um that's the third best matchup in the league so if you are streaming tight ends this week because there are some tight ends um, that are on buys that are every week tight ends. TJ Hawkinson, um, not really Gronkowski, but uh Logan Thomas slash Ricky Seals Jones. So if you're Ricky Heels Bones. If you're streaming this week, I think Tyler Conklin's a really good streaming option.
1: Yeah, give me some Tyler Conklin as well, who I mean he continues to be a part of that offense. He's seen five plus targets each of the last um four of the last five games at this point now. Um and he's put up over 70 yards twice, has a touchdown during that span. He had that tremendous catch that first game, uh, excuse me, that last week on that first drive. And this is a team that TJ Hawkinson only had two catches for 10 yards against them. But that was against the Lions where TJ Hawkinson is their main receiving weapon. Otherwise, tight ends have been great against them. Like you stated, uh, CJ Uzoma had a good game, Moali Cox, Jared Cook, Noah Fant, Kelsey, and Waller. like Sign me up for Tyler Conklin as a streaming option. This entire season, he's been a very strong streaming option I don't think that changes.
0: Uh Dalvin Cook, you worried at all?
1: No, you start Dalvin Cook every single week. He's been uh certainly not what you wanted when you took him likely second overall this season. He's he's missed some games. He he had he has some very strong games, but he's really only 3 for 5 in the games where he's been healthy in terms of actually producing. Like Five point four and seven point eight in two of the games is not ideal. He didn't even have a reception last game, but still it's Dalvin Cook. Just just do it. Like just start Dalvin Cook, obviously.
0: Um so Michael, this is we call this the Eli rule. Well, at least I call this the Eli rule. Um if you like Jefferson, if you like Cook, if you like Conklin, if you like Thielen, you like Cousins?
1: Yeah, I also think, I know this This is a tough matchup on paper, but it's similar to Jason. When Joe Burrow was playing the Ravens, he said, I don't care that it's the Ravens. This is a good matchup for that offense, and Joe Burrow went and was a top five quarterback that week. Uh, Kirk Cousins has been very up and down this year, and this isn't a primetime game where he typically struggles like we've seen several times in the past that Kirk Cousins, in the games where you don't expect him to, that's when he'll go off, all right, so... I'm starting Kirk Cousins this week as a streaming option against Baltimore as well, for better or worse. Jack
0: Doyle scores a touchdown for the second week straight as the Colts go up 21-7 on the Jets, who have lost Mike White. Very, very depressing. And I've likely lost the game because of that. Browns at the Bengals is the NFC North Slabanaka. Slabanaka. That is next on deck. All right, I have a I have a gut check feeling. I don't have any numbers to back this up. It's just a gut check. I think Baker Mayfield has a big game in this one. Hey, yo. Here's why I think he has a big game. First of all, here's a number to back it up The Browns are, are the eighth best matchup in points over average. But second of all, this is the type of game that Baker Mayfield. Browns are the
1: fourth best matchup in points over average, actually.
0: Oh. Oh, you're right. You're right. Silly boy. Uh, one of the reasons is because of rushing touchdowns. Well, hold on. I'm talking about the Bengals, Michael. Oh, right. I'm, talking about My Baker- I'm an idiot. It's the, it's the eighth. They're the eighth. Uh, so the I, I think I said Browns. Anyway, the fifth. this is just the type of game that Baker Mayfield dominates. Baker Mayfield, when he has a little chip on his shoulder, like he has that Napoleon complex. When he has a little chip on his shoulder, he excels. This week, there's mad memes going around about how OBJ needs to get free from Cleveland. Hit OBJ's dad's talking shit. LeBron James is talking shit. The entire Twitter, like... I'm a big hip-hop head so I follow like hip-hop Twitter as well as as fantasy Twitter and hip-hop Twitter is all about like about like clowning him and saying like free obj right now so dude I think he's gonna ball out I think that he's better without obj he should be a little healthier as the weeks have gone on I think that he has a big game in this game and I'm I'm excited to I'm excited to start him
1: that makes one of us, brother. Baker Mayfield is one of my biggest fades this year. I was very confused as to why people were like clamoring for a. All right, I, I'm not season. talking.
0: I'm not talking about any of that. I'm just talking about this one game. He's
1: been terrible this year. He had one good game against the Chargers, 23 fantasy points. Otherwise, 13 and a half, 18 and a half, 16 and a half, nine, 13 and a half. Why? Like what? Why nine and a half against Pittsburgh? He just has not been trustworthy. He has. Um, Six passing touchdowns on the entire season, only 80 rushing yards. Like, it's not like he uses his legs a lot. No OBJ. Donovan Peoples-Jones, I believe, is likely to return, which does help him. Um, Jarvis Landry is back, too, which does help him as well. Um, Nick Chubb is there, but no Kareem Hunt. I'm not chasing Baker Mayfield just because I don't see the huge upside here. Is because there's never really huge upside with Baker Mayfield.
0: All right, let's talk about the guys that are more realistic than not just my hunches. Nick Chubb is a great play in this game. Um, the Bengals are the eighth worst matchup. 8th I'm sorry, best matchup for running backs, according to points over average. Now, when you take that into consideration, then you think about the fact that the Bengals just let Ty Johnson and Michael Carter score major points against them. Not only do I not like Nick Chubb in this game, I think you could flex uh, Dearness Johnson. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's more difficult to trust Dearness Johnson Um, because one, Mike White was throwing to the running backs a whole lot, and two, Dearness Johnson, he scored a touchdown last week, which made him flex viable, but only had four rushes and three targets, one reception, seven yards. Not great um, by any means. You wanted him to be involved more, I think people expected him to be involved a little bit more. Nick Chubb, on the other hand, had 16 rush attempts, one target, so it does look like Dearness Johnson may get more involved in the passing game than Nick Chubb will, which, historically is the case with Nick Chubb like he's not really a a uh, a receiving back for that team. So I do think Dearness Johnson maybe has some flex appeal, but not something I, I want to chase because he was badly outtouched overall by Nick Chubb and outsnapped badly overall by Nick Chubb.
0: Um All right. Th- I mean that's fair. Any of these pass catching options, I I do also think like it's hard to trust these tight ends. We mentioned that, yeah, man, no, because He's it's not doing it because it's basically a split. But yo, there, there, one of them's gonna eat, bro. One of them's gonna num, eat, num, num, num. and and it might be it might be surprising to you, but Austin Hooper has out snapped and out targeted David Njoku since his big breakout game that he had a, a few weeks ago. Um, I just don't know which one to pick, but I think whichever one, if if you pick one and it hits, it's gonna be good.
1: Yeah, good luck with that. I'd I'd rather not. I do think Jarvis Landry is getting a little disrespected. He has 8 targets and 10 targets these past 2 weeks. He went 5 for 65 um this past week against Pittsburgh. Cincinnati is not a uh, <clears throat> a difficult matchup. Uh 13th in points over average. So th- basically what you would expect again for a middle of the pack defense. They uh they just lost to the Jets. So Mike White threw for over 400 yards against them. So, it's not like we're talking about a defense that... The defense had been playing better until Mike White came aboard and uh, <laughs> decided he wasn't going to let that happen anymore. But, yeah, Jarvis Landry, locked and loaded PPR wide receiver three. <laughs> Donovan Peoples-Jones, I do think, has some interesting desperation. Flex start throw appeal as well. Who is Hollywood Higgins. to practice. No, I'd rather Donovan Peoples-Jones than Hollywood.
0: Hollywood Higgins is... uh, he's always He always tends to step up in these obj list games. Just, put, just putting that out there. Um, let's go over to the other side. Look, you know we're not big fans of Joe Mixon, but he's been good. The only thing is that Joe Mixon has also played inferior competition for the past two weeks when he's been great. Um, in fact, it's it's interesting because he's played, he's performed well and He's played competition that you expect him to perform well, and he has. And he's put up great numbers at the end, but he's still been largely inefficient. And you see that when you see that in his last 25 carries, he actually is down in yards over expected. He's on the downturn. Right now in his cumulative yards over expected, he is back to having less than he had in his 50th rush when he was when he was terrible earlier in the year. So, I mean, he's not performing, and this is a high-quality rush defense. They are only allowing 17 points a game to the running back. That's 13% less than average. That's t- 24th. Uh, so a bad matchup. I think this is going to be a passing attack, and I think that Joe Burrow's going to have a good game. I think Jamar's going to have a good game. I think T. Higgins will have a good game, and I, I don't think Joe Mixon is is in the mix in this one.
1: Even against the Jets last week, the Jets stuffed them at the goal line several times. He only had 14 rush attempts for 33 yards. He had that one-yard touchdown score and a receiving touchdown, and like a, a trick play that got him like 40 of his receiving yards. Joe Mixon did not really have a very good game overall against the Jets and still under 23 fantasy points because he found the end zone twice. Um, but like you said, Cleveland has been better, and I, this is a tough— Spot. I I see Joe Mixon just having another ten to twelve point game. Really, like I don't see anything big coming out of him. I do think it's more of a Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T Higgins. I do think Jamar Chase and T Higgins, they're the clear options over Tyler Boyd at this point in uh, in Cincinnati. Even with Tyler Boyd having that nice game against the Jets, a lot of those plays were more on like plays where. Joe Burrow had to get out of the pocket and then find someone late. Like they weren't drawn up for Tyler Boyd per se. That's a mirage. Especially the touchdown. Um, I was at the game, so I could tell you. And before this game against the Jets, he had 4.4, 1.2, and five point nine the previous three weeks. So I'm just I wouldn't want to trust Tyler Boyd as anything more than a flex play. And Jamar Chase, wide receiver one at this point, T Higgins had a very very close to a touchdown ridiculously nice catch last week. Followed up his 15 target performance with another six targets against the Jets, four for 97. I'm starting T Higgins, the wide receiver three two, but it would be nice to see T Higgins have a uh like a legit top 24 wide receiver game. Like he's been just good enough to like start every week, but hasn't really had that big game.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think there's also a, an opportunity here for Joe Burrow to, to run one in. Uh, He does have legs. He does use them sometimes. Use those legs, Joey boy. And the Browns have been susceptible to that so far this year. Let's go
1: on to the next game, unless there's someone else you want to talk about in this game. CJ Uzma. CJ Uzma, he he just continues to have to do a lot on a little targets, which is my concern. Uh, Four targets against the Jets. He turned it for four for 33, which is for a tight end. I guess it's not terrible. But even the game against Baltimore, three for 91 and two touchdowns. Uh, three targets the week prior, two targets the week prior. This guy's going to get you three to five targets. You just have to hope he finds the end zone. I'm not one to really chase that, but in the tight end landscape, maybe that's something you want to do. Um, I definitely prefer him over like guys like Cole Komet, though, like if you have to stream a tight end or if you're stuck with CJ Uzuma. You could do worse, but you could also definitely do better. Uh,
0: let's go over to our next game. I believe our last game on the stockade, but I might be mistaken.
1: Tis, um, tis.
0: The Cowboys. I mean, the Broncos at the Cowboys. Uh, this is one of those games too, where I think that you got to see what the what the entire mood of the Broncos is because f- the front office sent the message today is, and that's we don't believe in you, and that could either galvanize the team or it could take the wind right out of them. And if you don't know what I'm referring to, Von Miller was traded to the L.A. Rams. Now it makes sense from a financial standpoint; they got to pay him next year. He's not. Exactly in his prime, it makes sense and all that yada yada yada. But they are also giving up on the season. Like you, they, you expect that they are giving up on the season when you when you sign Teddy Bridgewater to be your starting quarterback. This is this is just like confirmation that this shit is over. And you know, I I what what happens because the Cowboys they're going to be coming in literally on their high horse. Cooper Rush won a game for them last week where they did it with defense. So now their offense is one of the best in the league. Their defense has shown that they can be one of the best in the league. They're playing against an offense that's reeling. I expect the Cowboys to come out with a bunch of swag, and I think that I could start my Cowboys with the expectations. Now, CeeDee Lamb hasn't practiced yet, so keep an eye on that. But if CeeDee Lamb doesn't play, Dalton Schultz gets a huge upgrade. Uh, Amari Cooper gets a huge upgrade. But even if he does play, I'm comfortable with those guys. I think Zeke is a great play this week, and I think that Pollard is a desperation kind of situation for the flex, but Zeke is my RB2 this week.
1: Michael Gallup might actually return this week, too, which is interesting. That um, is. He that. Becomes, I forgot to mention that. He becomes interesting if CD Lamb does sit. Um, Middle-of-the-week injuries leading to not practices. Are typically tough injuries, so I'm um, I am a little scared that C.D. Lamb is forced to miss the game. But at this point, when we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys, you have to start your Dallas Cowboys. Like that's a, it's it doesn't really matter the matchup when Dak Prescott is starting quarterback. Apparently, when Cooper Rush is starting too, that doesn't matter. But you start Amari Cooper, you start Dalton Schultz, who has been a top five tight end this year. Um, you start C.D. Lamb if he's healthy. Michael Gallup is interesting. Definitely keep an eye and see maybe he might be on limited snaps. Cedric Wilson has done a decent job in his in his spot while he's been out and Noah Brown mixes in. So I'd be a little a little hesitant to start Michael Gallup right away, but um <clears throat> Blake Jarwin is also dealing with an injury which helps Dalton Schultz even more.
0: Uh let's go over and Dak is supposed to play and Dak's also Yeah right? you start as long yeah. as Dak is healthy, you start him as a QB one. Let's go on the other one. Did Jerry Judy's return just kind of make it murkier than like is it just too many mouths to feed now?
1: Tim Patrick led the team in snaps. Very odd. Uh, no one had more than four targets. It was also a very strange game for Denver. Only twenty-six pass attempts. Ran the ball a ton. Um, Melvin Gordon scored a couple touchdowns. I don't like. That's not what I'm just. Ex- that's not what I'm expecting from Denver uh, going forward, especially in games like when they got to play the Cowboys. They're gonna put up points. Period. And. The Broncos are going to have to score, which means they're going to have to use their pass catchers. And they have a medley of pass catchers at their disposal. Um, And the Cowboys are eighth in points over average for opposing wide receivers, which is good for Cortland Sutton, which is good for Jerry Judy. I'm starting Cortland Sutton as a wide receiver, too. I'm not panicking. If he has a down week against Denver, excuse me, if he has a down week against Dallas, then I may panic a little bit. Um, to be completely honest, but at this point, I'm starting Cortland Sutton this week. He had the long catch last week, only four targets. He's had some down games this year, and he's bounced back from those down games. I'm starting Jerry Judy as a wide receiver three, who had a down game on his in his return, but I expect his snap count to go up. Tim Patrick continues to be a like a flex type play, even though he definitely becomes more murky. Um, at this point, who I'm most interested in though, um, Mister Albert. Aquabunum, or Albert O, would be easier to pronounce. I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce Aquabunum. Noah Fant is out. He's on the COVID list. Albert O went 3-for-34 in his return last week. Um, he's a very good athletic tight end. He's going to take over without Noah Fant there. Um, Dallas is not a very difficult matchup for opposing tight ends. They're basically middle of the pack when it comes to the tight end position. Sign me up for some Albert O as a streaming option this week. I think with the way the tight end landscape is, he just right away slots in as a top 10 tight end.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Especially because they use him even when fans out, like like you said. Even when fans not out. Um, Let's talk about the running backs. Melgo and Javante. So, common knowledge says that it's going to be Javante as the season goes on. But it's been the actually the opposite. The last two weeks, Melgo has outsnapped and out-carried Javante Williams. But Javante Williams has out-targeted Melgo by a lot. What a mess. Plus, the Cowboys are allowing 16% less points over average. That's the third worst matchup in the league for running backs.
1: <sighs> what do we do? I mean, they're low-end RB2 options. Uh, week in and week out with Melvin Gordon should be ranked higher. Let's uh, make that clear once more because apparently it needs to be just repeated over and over for people to understand it um Melvin Gordon has 91 and a half half PPR fantasy points this this year and his backfield mate Javante Williams has 70 like Melvin Gordon just continues to be the better option not a t- tremendous matchup for that backfield but they're gonna get a lot of work because that's what they do they give their running backs a lot of work so I mean I'm they're low-end RB2 options without very high ceilings, but pretty solid floors at this point. So do with that as you may. I haven't been like very excited about this backfield the entire year. There's not really anything to be very excited about, Um, but you could do worse. That's about it for those guys. <laughs> and Corlin, I don't know if you mentioned Corlin Sutton. Yeah, I'm starting him as a wide receiver too this week. I'll panic if he sucks. This week, but he's had down games already, and he's bounced back. And there was a weird script last week. I'm starting him.
0: The smoothest man in the fantasy entertainment industry, Santiago Casanova, will be joining us in episode number two. Michael, where can they find you? At Broto FF Mike. You can find me at Broto FF Tim. You can find Jason at Broto FF Jason. You can find Cass at Broto FF Casanova. See what we did there. <laughs> Branding. Um, on top of that, you could find us on Instagram and on Twitter, at Broto Fantasy. You can find us uh, at BrotoFantasy.com, the Fantasy Football by Broto app, everywhere. We hope we are helping you towards championships in your league. Um, And if we are, consider Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy to support the show and keep it going. Uh, With that being said, we'll see you soon with Episode 2. Later.